Welcome to Stories from the Midland, a collection of historic tales from Teller County and the surrounding areas. In today's episode, Trevor is going to tell us about Cripple Creek deputies scaring a dangerous gang out of town. This episode was written and is being presented for you by Trevor Phipps. After gold was found in the early 1890s in the Cripple Creek area, it wouldn't take long for a town to get developed. And with the new town came a slew of miners and criminals that would bring saloons, gambling houses, and brothels to the area. In the town's early years, crime started to break out. Soon the city would realize its need for law enforcement officers to keep order in the new mining district. According to the book Money Mountain by Marshall Sprague, the town started as two different municipalities called Fremont and Hayden Placer in 1892. During those days, Peter Eels was the sole law enforcement agent who walked around the two towns, brandishing a six-suiter as an El Paso County Sheriff's deputy. But it was not long before it became clear the Eels would need some help. In April of 1892, the city saw its first actual murder for the record books. According to Money Mountain, the city's first murder occurred when ex-convict Charles Hudspeth took a gun into the ironclad dance hall and tried to shoot the bartender. Hudspeth's bullet missed the bartender, but then struck and killed the dance hall's piano player, Reuben Miller. Later in 1892, the city named High Wilson its police chief, who had a reputation of being a fast-shooting law enforcement agent in Denver. It was now Wilson and Deputy Sheriff Eels that were in charge of law and order in the new city. The two police officers patrolled town and worked to keep out gangsters and other troublemakers. The book Money Mountain talks about an incident where Wilson scared away a notoriously violent gang from entering the city. In the early 1880s, Bob Ford joined Jesse James' gang before ultimately betraying him. On April 3, 1882, James became suspicious of Ford and his brother Charlie. After eating breakfast, James didn't scold the Fords after learning of their plan to murder him and turn him in, but he laid his revolvers on a sofa and turned around to clean a dusty picture. While his back was turned, Ford shot James in the back of his head. Now Ford's gang had been known for betraying their leader. Years after the infamous murder, Ford traveled around the mining camps of Colorado. But one day, Chief Wilson caught wind that Ford and his gang would be heading into Cripple Creek. Wilson jumped on his horse and met the gang at the city limits. Wilson was then able to send Ford's gang back down the mountain. In Cripple Creek's early days, some outlaws would come into town brandishing weapons and trying to look like members of the Dalton gang. But those that were caught carrying guns in areas of the town where it was illegal had to deal with the wrath of Wilson and Eels. In fact, anytime someone would be seen by one of the officers illegally carrying firearms, they would get confiscated by Wilson or Eels. Listen, bub. Eels would say, according to Honey Mountain, No gun-toting here. I would just take that for the school fund. According to the book, Eels would take away the criminals' guns and then sell them to a local hawker who would then sell it to others looking for firearms. By the end of 1892, Eels raised enough money to build the city's new school. According to the book, Going Up to Cripple Creek by Raymond Walter Siebert, Eels earned enough money by taking away the guns for the school fund that he contributed enough for a brand new brick wing all by himself. Eels turns from law enforcer to criminal. Through the years, Eels would find himself in several newspaper headlines. 
1896 issue of the Rocky Mountain News, it was announced that Eels was elected as the town's marshal. But the next year, the headlines went another direction. In May of 1897, Eels was charged with perjury after lying about a mortgage and getting in the middle of a legal battle between two local newspapers. But instead of going to jail and facing his charges, Eels skipped town. In June 1897, the Rocky Mountain News reported that Eels' wife did not know where he was or where he went. I do not know where Mr. Eels is, Eels' wife said, and I have not heard from him. I do not know anything about the charges made against him except what I have read in the papers. But in July 1897, the Rocky Mountain News reported that the wanted man was seen working as a guard in the San Quentin Penitentiary in California. Later, it was reported that he moved to Alaska, where he owned some saloons. Thank you for listening. This is Tommy Allen, and on behalf of Trevor Phipps, have a great day. And should you find yourself interested in more about outlaws and lawmen in Colorado and Teller County in general, we invite you to visit the Outlaws and Lawmen Jail Museum in Cripple Creek. And we look forward to having you join us next time for more stories from the Midland.